You are listening to Fanta Tracks. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. Star Wars news in a single file. This is Making Tracks. Here are your hosts, Mark Newbold and Mark Lowcaster. That's not true. That's impossible. You're listening to episode 69 of Making Tracks. I'm your co-host, Mark Newbold, and joining me as ever is the man who put the Thor in Scunthorpe and the hero in Clitheroe. It's Mark Lowcaster. Mark, how are you doing? I'm very well. And that's actually not as bad an introduction as I was expecting. So I, I breathe a sigh of relief, I think. What have you been up to? It's it, we're, we're literally, I mean, as we record, and we've got to say this, yes. this episode is the rawest, the most unedited episode of Making Tracks we'll probably ever do. Because right now, what time is it? It is quarter to three. Yep. There's no time to edit. This is this is live without a net. So if we make a real big cock up, then then it goes out to the entire universe. That's okay. But how's your week been? That's all right, yeah, isn't it? Fine. How's your week been? Have you been busy? My week's been fine, and I haven't been busy because I'm now broken up from work pretty much and uh, enjoying the Christmas holidays. So, And, of course, now in Tier 4, so can't go out and do any Christmas shopping, can't go to the gym. So I've been at home, and like yesterday, I watched Empire Strikes Back and Return of a Jedi and all the good Christmas Star Wars stuff. So, yeah. How about you? How's your week been? Similar, finished work, so work was wrapped up uh, yesterday, so that's done now until January, thank goodness, so I can focus on Fanta, which is always my favourite thing anyway. So yeah, so it's, it's good, I've got all the presents, I think I've got all the food we need, although I keep eating it, so I have to keep buying it, <laughs> yeah. which isn't good. Today, special episode, yeah. because our main topic of conversation will be the freshly announced The Book of Boba Fett, which we talked about in the last episode, and... I think we kind of assumed that in similar way to season one of The Clone Wars was A Galaxy Divided and season two was The Rise of the Bounty Hunters. I think we kind of thought that The Book of Boba Fett was the title of season three, but of course that turned out not to be the case. Season three of Mando is season three of Mando and The Book of Boba Fett is its own now ongoing original series. I mean, I I was not expecting Lucasfilm to, to nail it down quite so Succinctly, from what I remember, we we kind of even mentioned during our kind of uh, chat about the Disney Days uh, investors call and all that. But actually, there was no mention of Boba Fett or the Boba Fett series, which had been rumoured on online and various different podcasts and stuff. So yeah, then to get this, um, obviously it was a massive surprise at the end of chapter 16, but I don't think anybody was expecting. Um, I know certainly many of my friends weren't because I had to tell them to go back and rewatch the credits. But yeah, so this was, this was nice. And also, that's just it. We were thinking possibly could this be the title of season three of The Mandalorian? Is this like a uh, like a focus shift in The Mandalorian? You know, they had talked about um, yeah. during the run up to season two that the, the focus kind of shifts away from Din Djarin a little bit in this season. So, you know, could this have been like the culmination of that? And actually it was going to be a Boba Fett story. Or in my mind, I was thinking, well, maybe you could almost have two stories running concurrently. And as you kind of said uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, you could do something like they've done in Game of Thrones where you've got so many different stories elements and stuff like that of different families and in this case you could have the underworld kind of element of mm. Boba Fett and him rebuilding that and also then you can have the Bo-Katan and the Din Djarin 
aspect of him maybe, you know, freeing or, you know, trying to take back Mandalore. But to get two new series is amazing. And it sounds like they're going to be pretty close together in terms of release dates as well, which is fantastic. It does. It does sound, it all sounds amazing. We're so lucky. And hopefully there'll be more Star Wars coming before them. I mean, next episode of Making Tracks, we'll talk about the Disney Gallery Season 2 Mando episode. We'll, We'll get right into that, which is out on Christmas Day. But today's episode is a bit special. We've got a special guest coming on very shortly, Paul Bateman. He was a a great friend of Ralph McQuarrie. He's a skilled artist himself. So we're going to talk to Paul about all about Book of Boba Fett, Season 3 Mando, and probably loads of other stuff. So we're joined today on Making Tracks by a friend of the show and a friend of the site, somebody who you might not even realise you see his artwork every time you visit Panther Tracks because he designed our lovely logo. Paul Bateman. Paul, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty pretty good yeah Mandalorian's been amazing so I'm very happy how about you exactly yeah, the same yeah. uh, can, can I actually just hold my hands up and say I didn't realise that artwork was done by Paul ah <laughs> so so I, I have learned something today so go. I was this old when I learned that Paul Bateman did the, um, the artwork so that's pretty awesome what you don't you know, know is keep... every time you look at that logo Paul gets a penny so you know yeah, he's, right. he's fine yeah. with it <laughs> I was doing such a good job keeping it secret too. Now Mark spilled the beans. It's yeah. terrible now. That's it's it. Christmas. It's my Christmas ruined. gift. It's my Christmas gift yeah. to the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just mentioned it, Mandalorian, and the recently announced, mm. like, couldn't be fresher news of the Book of Boba Fett, which is hugely exciting. We've been talking about it on Making Tracks for, for obviously since season two started and way before. And then last episode when that end credit sting came up and it said the Book of Boba Fett, and we kind of thought maybe this is the title for season three, like Clone Wars used to have season titles, but no, it's its own thing. So your thoughts on that, Paul, the fact that we're finally, after all these years, getting a Boba Fett TV series. It's it's amazing. It's quite amazing. I mean, first, first whiff I got of the fact that it, something was going on in that department was when the shooting schedules were knocking around online somewhere. I tripped over them and went, oh, look. It looks like it's two different shows and it's not just The Mandalorian. So there's definitely something happening. And, and bingo, yeah, we, we're getting a Bob Fett show. So great. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. It's uh, it's only discolored slightly by the fact that it's landed, you know, right when we've just lost Jeremy. But there's yeah, maybe yeah. There's, there's something kind of poetic and beautiful about that too. So, you know, it's kind of sweet. It's often the way, isn't it? You know, we, we lost Dave Prowse only a, a few weeks ago and then we did a few days to announce... Hayden Christensen's coming back to play Darth Vader. So mm-hmm. these things kind of yeah. feel like they're meant to be, don't they? It's just, I, I just can't believe it, really. You know, and when you're, you're a fan of this, you know, you've been a fan since the 70s, I think it's very easy to to think back to when Star Wars was fresh as the daisy and just uh, remember what it was like to be a fan back then and, and just think you, there's no way we could have pictured this just wave of new media that seems to be on its way to us i mean 10 new shows at 11 now right yeah so 11 crazy crazy all that all that entertainment on the way and there's bound to be a lot of it that's wonderful bound to be yeah yeah the the, the odds are too much in our favor in that sense you'd like mm. to be. so so given yeah. so much stuff coming then i mean it feels like we're covering a lot of a lot of ground in terms of the chronology in terms of the timeline we're going back to the high republic era which from what I'm hearing, is about 50 mm. years before Phantom. It's not as far back as the books, but it's a bit more at the end oh, of that okay. era, so that's interesting. Mm. And, and obviously we're coming right up to our current present with Mando, Ahsoka, Rangers, and now Book of Fett. 
Mm. What are your feelings on there being so much content now coming? Because Star Wars has always a little bit, little bit been, you know, it's the circus coming to town. It only comes every now and again, and now it's on tap fairly regularly. Do you think there's a there could be trip, you know, hazards there in there being too much Star Wars? Uh, who me? I, I, um, I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, my feeling. I think we mentioned this the other day, Mark, didn't we? On, I think we were chatting online. Yeah. That, um, you know, I just look back to the days when Star Trek was kind of really in its stride and we had things like uh, next generation and deep space nine running uh, simultaneously didn't they overlap for a little while a couple yeah, of seasons did, yeah. or something yeah, did three seasons, so yeah. if you look you look back then and when shows were traditionally kind of you know 20 to 25 episodes long so you're really looking at back then we were looking at nearly 50 episodes a year just with star trek weren't we yeah. so so this if you start averaging it out they all seem to be kind of quite mixed seasons but even though we've got stuff like um and or that seems to be running about 12 episodes. We've also got other shows that seem to be only running about four or five episodes. So you start averaging it out, even with all these shows, you're still looking at about 60, 70 episodes, which to me just sort of seems like not a huge deal. You know, I can appreciate that fans might think, well, we're so used to getting one movie every three years or something, but it seems overwhelming. But for me, 60 doesn't seem that many. It seems like a sensible amount for a, for a brand like this, especially when it's all divided up and out across a couple of years, you know, so yeah, I, I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it kind of, <laughs> I want more, more. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it. I mean, it. It kind of feels more manageable than you know. Can you remember when we kind of got the announcement they were going to do a film every year? And I think a lot yeah. of people went, "Oh, that seems like a lot, a lot of Star Wars, and we're going to worry about yeah. Star Wars burnout." But I don't get that impression from from mm. that announcement. Um, so it's it's Boba Fett or the book of Boba Fett. Is that the series that it's really got you kind of like? you know excited or are there other ones from that, that announcement that you kind of think oh that's going to be interesting yeah i don't know i mean initially i was wasn't that excited about the sound of rangers although rangers sounded interesting to me just because it was john and dave yeah. you know and I've, I've liked the mandalorian so much that that i'm just excited about the fact there's a show coming from them but as a concept you know it's kind of vague isn't it you hear rangers and you think is this mm. kind of a cowboy thing? Is it a Lord of the Rings style kind of, you know, out hunting for Jedi thing? I mean, it could be anything at this point, couldn't we? We're not really sure what we're getting. And then I know this this morning, I think it was announced that it, it was set immediately after Return of the Jedi, which I think is really interesting because that does kind of feed into the idea that maybe, you know, it's, it's got more to do, maybe do with the rebellion than we realise or I don't know. I mean, I suppose that's an assumption too. It could be anything, couldn't it? But I like the idea that it's, closer to the original trilogy era because you know that's my sweet spot so i don't know did you guys hear about that there is they announced this morning something about being straight after jedi no i didn't i've not heard that no, no i've not heard that but uh, yeah no that's that's good news it's earlier than the mandalorian so that's good oh interesting you know? mm. yeah because yeah, because that's that's the period that i'm really interested in is that kind of mm. you know that transition from the rebel alliance to the new republic yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know and kind of like beating down on you know the remnants of the empire and just kind of trying to really kind of you know get back you know wrestle back for the galaxy i think that that could be interesting Mm. um so but do you think now now the technology's got to the point that it has where they're confident enough that they can walk luke skullwalker into a scene and confident that they can take you back to Jabba's palace and make it look just like it did in pretty much in 83 Mm. give or take a few knocks and bumps do you think that yeah. that then opens up the storytelling possibilities to a, to an even wider degree? Because whilst we we want fresh new stuff, and we've certainly got that from Mandalorian, there's definitely mm. credit 
and and currency in going back to places that we love and seeing things that we like and not just not just for um not just for fan love or or, or easy hits but to actually wrap mm. us even more into the story yeah well i mean i i think uh <laughs> i always i always liken star wars now but this is something i've said a few times i think but i always uh i always liken star wars these days to um superman and the idea that that the original trilogy when you consider it like luke's good story the fact that he starts out as this little kid who's kind of naive and a bit annoying and then eventually becomes kind of close to being a proper Jedi in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So you kind of, it's almost like watching three movies about Clark Kent and he, he doesn't really get the cape till the last reel, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we had like, you know, a 10 year gap. And then when the movies came back, they're all about jor his father, not him. You know, and then and then yeah, yeah again you, you leap forward another ten years and or however many it's been, uh, fifteen fifteen years or so, and um, and uh, the next the next movies are oh, finally back on Superman again, but he's already hung his cape up and he doesn't want to know anything about flying. So <laughs> so for me it's like where are all the movies about Superman flying yeah. around? You know, yeah. so to you know it's a stretch yeah. metaphor, but the gist of it, you know, I, I always hoped that we would eventually see Luke Skywalker in action. And uh, as of yet, we've really only had that scene in in uh, in this week's Mandalorian to to feed that kind of desire. So I'm I'm just delighted with it. Even though, and I can understand why people are kind of critical of the CG and stuff like that. Yeah. But for me, it's just a good good sign of of uh, you know Luke's film really having some guts and understanding what people want. Mm, you yeah. know, so I think it opens up all kinds of possibilities. Plus, we've seen these movies get revised and. Shows get revised so many times. I mean, look at the just through the week we had the guy walk into frame, didn't we? You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me at all if this this gets finessed a little bit over time. Um, you know. That's, it. and, That's uh, interesting you say that, Paul, because me so. me and Mark actually mentioned that on the show the other day. Now that Disney mm. put their right. products out on a streamer and and mm. they control the source of the content, there's nothing to say like replacing yeah. the puppet Yoda in Phantom. And then making it, yeah, digital. Yeah. you know what I mean? They could do that overnight at the click <laughs> of a finger, couldn't they? If they want to upgrade and, yeah. and finesse, like you mm. say, any of the effects, yeah. it's completely within their permit to do now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing I always sort of try and remind people, you know, I mean, this is like, you know, I have family members who said to me, like, you know, do you, do you use traditional materials or do you use computers when you when you do artwork? And I was like, well, mostly computers because time's a factor. Yeah. And, and and you will occasionally get the odd reaction from somebody generally who's in the sixties or seventies. They're like, oh, oh <laughs> don't, don't, you miss, don't you miss drawing? And you, you kind of have to explain. I'm actually still drawing. Yes. It's just a different tool, you know. Yeah. And I think I think bearing that kind of in mind, I, th- I think a lot of people just assume it's the tools are, are the sole reason why um, you know facial replacement and stuff works well. But in actual fact, a lot of the time it's about talent. You know, there are a couple of people who are really really good at this stuff. Um, and and you know the the guys who did all the uh, Michael York's face in Ant Man was a particularly good mm-hmm. one Michael where Douglas, you got quite yeah, pro- yeah. Michael Douglas sorry yeah Michael Douglas and you got quite a protracted sequence with him in where you just it's just perfect mm-hmm. in in my opinion and I think that the people that do that are really really good so it's just a question of kind of like who they specifically get involved in it too but and the technology is advancing all the time like Disney has its own research arm and there's the they have a YouTube page. And it has a bunch of uh, stuff that just shows you what R&D they're up to. And there's a there's a huge number of facial 
capture and facial change kind of uh, projects on the go at the moment. And they're spending a lot of money on, on trying to perfect that technology. And they're trying all kinds of different approaches. So they're not just doing what they do now and hoping it kind of works out. You know, they're trying all kinds of different ways of doing it. So I think if anybody's going to completely crack this to the point where it always just looks perfect, it, it's going to be Disney Lucasfilm. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm just glad they've got started. You know, I mean, I love talking. And, yeah. Hi, this is Dave Chapman, and you're listening to Fanta Tracks. Tarkin's a great example. Guy Henry, mm. you know, is in the outfit, but he's got all the, the stuff on his face so they can digitally yeah. alter him. And essentially, to a large degree, it's that's not a million miles away from an actor or a performer wearing a latex face makeup. Or what. It is essentially, it's a, yeah. it's a makeup. He's given the performance, mm. it's his voice, but the makeup is the CG, if you like, and Hamill was on set for the uh, rescue and it's his voice and it's him there and they're reacting to him. But of course the yeah. makeup inverted commas is the artistry of ILM to make him look like he did 30 years ago. Uh-huh. Do you think that's something yeah. that, that will continue going forward? I mean, Hamill's not going to be here forever. So presumably at some point that would have to hand over to another performer to inhabit the character. Mm. What I'm really trying to say is, do you think Luke Skywalker will always look like Mark Hamill? Or do you think that they will get to a point where they can get confident <laughs> enough that it can be somebody else? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's. I, I, got, I guess a lot of it's in the hands of the audience. You know, I mean, if we, if, if, I mean, the inst- Twitter sometimes kind of dominates decision making in a way that I think is probably unhealthy a lot of the time. But, um, but I like the fact that they're not ignoring the fans either, and that they're, they're, they're taking into consideration what what people want. You know, I mean, they should do that. So I, I don't think they're about to hurry up and make more, uh, make Luke look like somebody different, but it's a question of degrees, really, isn't it? I mean, if you're looking at a cartoon, it's one thing, but if you're looking at something that's photoreal, we all kind of expect it to look like Mark. I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what he's what he's uh, given them permission to do in his contract, but uh, you know, who, who knows? And all I can tell you is, back when I was working on Harry Potter, um, I had a full facial and body scan like a couple of times. <laughs> And it's quite weird. It's kind of like, you know, like when you go to the dentist these days and they just scan your head with like a weird kind of MRI, I think. And um, it, it uh, it's quite strange because they give you this huge document that's basically because that was Warner's. And it's like it, it basically talks about, uh, whole, you know, having permission to use your data in perpetuity. And it's, it talks about the distant future and new technologies and new ways of utilizing your data and stuff like that and it's pretty pretty airtight so if you don't want to do it you don't have to do it obviously but if you if you're comfortable with that then when you sign this document i mean it's clear that you know these companies can basically do what they want with this stuff going down the road and it's it's kind of up to them to do the right thing you know so um yeah i, I think i think we can expect to see some of these actors living on after they've they've left us behind i think it's going to happen but yeah, so does that mean that we're likely to see some more Paul Batemans floating around the Harry oh, Potter God, I hope universe? Not. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'm about a 20th of the crowd in a lot of the movies, so oh, they just keep sticking different hats on me. So if you just see some hairy weirdo with a daft hat on, it's probably me. Well, it's, yeah. Funny enough, I've got to say, I watched Philosopher's Stone last night. It was the last thing I watched mm. last night, and, and the whole sequence oh, yeah. where Snape's cape gets set on fire by Hermione, and you're sitting oh, yeah. top right, you know, looking down and all that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there yeah. Is, there's many hairy Batemans in that one. <laughs> I mean, is is there a risk? Do we think there's a risk that actually by potentially as the technology gets better with um, with the aging and stuff, mm. are, are, are we, you know, could we be kind of sacrificing, you know, introducing new performers as different characters? I mean, if, if they start to heavily rely yeah. on 
on a digital Mark Hamill to do Luke, but mm. you know, and not suggesting it's Sebastian Stan or whatever, but another actor could come along and um, could potentially take take on Luke and actually, you know, present a different kind of perspective to the character, which I suppose yeah. is is kind of like the interesting thing about when you do recast i mean obviously it's so difficult with stars because we love the characters and we're so mm. familiar with their faces mm. um but at the same time you kind of think is there yeah is there, if they over rely on it is that potentially a risk as well i don't think the yeah i mean i, I think i think they'll it's just too like any other really yeah um you know i mean i kind of feel like it's one of those things where they'll take advantage of it when they need to you know because i'm sure they'd far rather actually have the actor in in there i mean it's just you know uh, Filmmaking has always required body doubles. It's always required True, stunt yeah. people and stand-ins, you know, all the time. I mean, I've even worked as a stand-in myself, so it's one of those things where, you know, they're, they're just they're just always going to need that. So there's always going to be a, it's always going to be easier to to make a movie if you've got two of the actor, you know. So um, for me, it seems pretty inevitable and kind of unavoidable. But it's it's I mean, the film industry at the same time is so litigious. That I'm, I'm sure nobody will be looking to take advantage of any actor or anything in a hurry because you know that would I'm sure it would uh, it would turn and bite them on the bum you know so <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> I think it would just be a handy thing to have and uh, the audience will either embrace it or they won't you know but I'm sure the second any actor sounds like they're not happy about it that you know they won't be able to do it so it's like anything if it's used you know. judiciously then it's 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 sensible mm. isn't it. I'm just excited to see Luke back. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't wanted to see this? You know, I mean, I was quite, I was taken by surprise by how much I reacted to it. Because when, when music, I could feel music shift and it went into something that was a bit more orchestral than, than he normally does. And it was like, hello, this is a big deal. And then obviously you see Luke's X-Wing go by, but you don't know for a fact it's Luke's X-Wing. So it's like, is it going to be Dave? Yeah, I, I thought exactly who, who's that. Gonna be? Yeah. Right, right. And then when it, and then I just thought, no, music is queuing as like, Hey, look, you know, look who this is, you know. And then the second I saw the hood, it was like they're going to go there, aren't they? And th- and then it was as soon as I saw the glove, it was like, yeah, that's Luke. Clearly, it's Luke, you know. And it, it just took the air from out, my, out right out of my lungs. I remember just kind of going, <gasps> you know, they've gone there. Yeah. And by the end of the show, thing, it was like, why are you crying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't yeah. tell her. I was like, Ooh. You know. <laughs> well, I said to Mark on the last so the good. last episode, I said I think I did more cardio than I've done in like two years because I was up and down <laughs> out of that sofa like that's 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 Luke. Well, you're oh right. God, yeah, that's 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 the and that's Ruth noticed much. the gloved hand. It was Ruth. Mm. Went, Doesn't he? Didn't he have his hand chopped yeah, off? Yeah. Like, well done, you know. Uh-huh. But and then obviously yeah, when the yeah. saber comes out, that's, that's it. But yeah, totally, it uh-huh. it, uh, it wrecked me completely. Wrecked me. Yeah. Athena was so sweet to me. She was just like giving me a hug and going, "Are you all right?" You know, I was like, "Yeah, it's just, it's just." <laughs> yeah, total meltdown. <laughs> it's bizarre the 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 ability of these things to just kind of grab in and grab you by the heart, isn't it? But well, I think yeah. we all we've all leaned. I mean, there's certainly anybody that's tipped thirty and been a fan of these movies for a long time. You know, I think we've all leaned on Luke in one way or another, haven't we? You know, mm. and, and when I was a kid, I, re- I really kind of looked up to Luke and Han, and they. I think I've said before, you know, Han Han taught me how to, you know, what cool was. And Luke, and Luke kind of taught me how you should, maybe should live your life, you know. So, uh, you know, these these guys are important to me. So, so uh, I'm I'm really happy that Luke's back, especially when you know all the other characters have been kind of bumped off in the sequels. You yeah. know, it's nice to it's nice to have some kind of a return. You know, 
because you kind of feel like that's it for them, don't you? You know, yeah. and then and then here they are. So but that's one of the great things about announcing mm. all these shows is that because they do skip around mm. the time. Like I say, I didn't know about Rangers, so Rangers being right after Jedi, Mando being five or six years, yeah. sort of Dark Empire era, if you like, and we've mm. had the sequels and yeah. going back to the the High Republic and obviously Cassian well, Andor mm. being set just before, well, five years before. Andor looks I'm amazing. So looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. You know, so we really have seen a big set. Enormous. So. Sets are enormous. Yeah, really big. I'm amazed because of you know the I mean they're, they're investing I mean everywhere is investing heavily in virtual uh, shooting environments at the minute virtual spaces like like uh, uh, like the volume <clears throat> so so I, I just kind of thought well clearly at the moment with with the virus and everything going about they're they're absolutely they're going to they're going to take full advantage of that and I bet I bet set construction's just not really on their radar in a big way at the moment and then to sort of see all this. All these images of the uh, of the Cassian sets going up, Cassian Andor sets going up. It's just wow. I mean, clearly they've got something big planned for that. I mean, that just feels like kind of Bond meets the Rebels or something, you mm. know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it, it has. I mean, it has that kind of vibe of like you know the sequel to Rogue One, like Rogue Two, yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and or prequel, I suppose. Yeah. Well, well, exactly. Yeah. More, more like a prequel. Yeah. Mm. And and, and that's sequel would be of... weird, wouldn't it? Just be like dust <laughs> blown about on the planet. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a load of graves. Yeah. Two sandcastles. Rogue two. Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm. But with with Boba Fett, the Boba Fett series coming back to that briefly, you know, you go about thirteen. You mentioned volumes. You go about thirteen years. So when Lucas was you know, toying with the whole Grady Ranch thing and, and Underworld was, was yeah. a project and everybody was expecting it because it was announced, you know, it, it was that and Clone mm. Wars, wasn't it? And it never came to pass. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and now we do finally get that FET series. You've got to wonder how, or will there be any influence from that coming into this? Because it kind of feels like it's something that's been on, on yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's always been there, but it's never uh-huh. come to fruition. And the fact that it's an ongoing series as well, I think we all expected it to happen, but for it to be a limited series, mm. what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I look, I look back at that footage that, that, that leaked about the uh, about Underworlds, you know, when they were just doing test shots and stuff, weren't they? And it was very much of the time you could it had quite an eighties vibe vibe to it, you know. But um, I think I think it's going to be difficult for them not to cross into similar territory. I don't know whether or not they were just kind of grab an old script and, and rework it, but I mean, maybe there are ideas in there. I mean, if they're not avoiding picking up from the EU, I'm sure they wouldn't think twice about pulling from George's, you know, previous show and stuff. If there's something that, that's appealing to them in there, especially being as, you know, clearly Dave has such great respect for George that um, he, he, he generally wants to follow in his footsteps. So it's kind of a no brainer, isn't it? That he might want to help himself get a bit nearer to that by using George's scripts, you know, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I was interested when they, I think one part of the Mandalorian, when they were looking at the map, trying to figure out where where things were at, and they were trying to figure out what was going on with, um, was it Moff Gideon, where they were tracking something? I can't remember. Anyway, but they were looking at the map, and it was um, it, it, it looked like Noshidor like kind of location. Yeah. By I know you're the map expert, Mark, but it, it kind of it was in that vicinity, you know. So I was thinking, oh, I wonder if they're going to bring Norshidora into canon. In fact, I don't know if it already is, but it, I just thought that would be great to actually see it in a, in a TV show. I'd love to see Norshidora turn well, Again, that's another, that's so. another Dark Empire touch, isn't it? Because I think with this episode, mm, turning, yeah. one of the thoughts that was out there mm. was, is that actually Luke or is that Luke with two U's? Luke. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that whole Dark Empire, the Empire <laughs> era. Funny. And, and Norshidora, yeah. very much a Dark Empire mm. kind of thing. 
that's a great point about yeah. Shadow, whether it's canon or not. I'm sure it must it must be in one of the more recent novels. I'm sure it must be, but yeah. but it's certainly in the map, like I, you say. You think you've, you're tatter, bottom bottom yeah. right in the map, sort of Tatooine, working your way up up the go. map, and Nashadar sort of halfway at the map on the right, isn't it? So yeah. see, oh there you go, see. proper fan. <laughs> he, he knows. Crazy. If I ever get lost in the Star Wars universe, I'm going to be calling Mark up. I can't find my way around. Just you don't need a Tom Tom. You need a Mark Mark. That's what it is. Yeah, right. A Mark Mark. Yeah. But with, now we've got Boba Fett now, and and there's no indication of how long after the end of of season two that scene with Fennec and Boba is at, at Jabba's palace, mm. uh, or we should call it Fennec's yeah. palace now. Um, so that could be months later for all we know. We don't know what's going to happen. Season three could take place completely before that even mm. occurs. Um, what yeah. do you think? Do you think that now we've got these series, four ongoing series now, do you see that the, there's clearly great potential for overlap? Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think they're going to bounce off each other like Buffy and Angel used to bounce off each other and you know, DS9 and Voyager, uh, sorry, DS9 and mm. Next Gen used to bounce off each other? Do you see that sort of happening? Well, it, it sounds like they're all in the same time zone, Mark. So I think I think they are intending on everything converging. So I think they're having a, they are having a cross show kind of convergence at some point. So however they do that, I imagine it's like the end of the season. Probably all the episodes will bump into each other. I, you know, that's that's what I'm anticipating is they're probably going to go all be heading in the same direction, and then the last episode of one season will be the week before the last episode of the next one, and you know you'll be able to follow it through that way. But but at least that's that's what I'm guessing. I mean I, I'm I'm happy that they went back to to Jabba's palace. My my the nerd in me immediately went to. I remember talking to Ralph Macquarie to anybody who doesn't know Ralph uh, Ralph and saying I was asking him about one of the paintings that he did and and saying what well, what was the deal here Ralph and he, he just said he wanted to know what the back of Ralph uh, of uh, sorry of uh, Jabba's palace looked like. He just you know it's just one of those things where he knew it it had to have a door and. He wanted to kind of, you know, picture it clearly by by painting it. So it was just one of those things. So having gotten into, tried to get get into Ralph's headspace a little bit when it comes to the, the Star Wars, or you know, the thing that's always perplexed me about Jabba's palace is what we've actually seen of Jabba's palace is actually a tiny part yeah. of it. You know, if you look at the building, it's enormous. It's like the size of Wembley Stadium, and we've only seen a little room and uh, the basement. You know, but this is like, you know, the Albert Hall or something. You know, it's absolutely massive. So there's loads of Stuff inside there, I imagine that we've not seen yet. So it'd be nice if they explore the place yeah. a bit. You know, we we see more than what we've already seen. Was it the illustrated Star Wars yeah. universe book he did with Kevin Anderson, where you saw? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he replicated on small... Jakku, I think, didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of those sketches have been lying around for a while, but he didn't really kind of flesh them out till the illustrated guide. Yeah. It'd be wonderful if they could, like you say. The reference, the references mm. are all there. I know the cross sections went into some depth, didn't mm. they, with with some of the interiors? Yeah, I mean, my assumption is, I mean, how do you guys feel about the whole kind of the book of Boba Fett thing? I mean, my my assumption is that that, that it's kind of it's almost like saying, uh, you know, getting the story, getting the lowdown on somebody, you know, kind of, and, and I think that the something that's the most obvious. I think if you sit down in a room with a bunch of creatives and say and, and and just grab a bunch, I mean, just imagine grabbing a bunch of your friends and saying, "Okay, we're all Boba Fett fans. W- what's the sweet spot? What do we want to talk about?" Yeah. I think almost everybody would go to the, "How does he get out of the Sarlacc pit?" You know. Yeah, exactly. So my so my feeling is, although it seems to buttress up against Ma- you know Mandalorian right now, and and there's clearly we've got Tamir in the suit and we've we've got so far. I think at some point in the story, I think we're bound to at least have a 
either half an episode or a whole episode that's got to be about how he got there, you know, because I'm sure that's that's got to be a really interesting story for Boba Fett fans, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's bound there's, to go there. There's definitely a story there, isn't mm. it? It's got to be. I mean, you know, the, the book of Boba Fett could be literally, you know, like a his little black book of uh, vendettas. He's got yeah names on. Yeah, said that. that. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And Bib was yeah, just the first reckon? one that, he, that, was, that was available to get. So Bib, right? Yeah, Dengar, Bosk, you know, you know, <laughs> you could you could call them all back. You know, do you think we're going to get Simon Pegg as Dengar? What do you reckon? Oh. <laughs> 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 I hope not. <laughs> my, funny, yeah. my voice just went there. I'll my lose voice Simon, just went there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All dried yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd lo- I think we're definitely going to see a lot more of the bounty hunters that we're familiar from, familiar with from Empire. Yeah. I think we're bound to get a whole bunch of those. I think that it makes perfect sense to go there. And um, I, th- I think, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, um, I'd love to see some huts. Absolutely. You know, some, yeah, I was just going to say that. Huts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, how old would the baby be? I mean, that's been a while, right? I mean, so it's like a Grogu age. So, jun- yeah, Junior's got to be formidable by now you would think that's a good call yeah, yeah. i wonder if he looks like his dad or if he's totally different i hope he looks identical it'd be funny if, you, <laughs> it'd be funny if he's like really chill you know really just just totally like hey man <laughs> it's all good hello the hut yeah <laughs> not interested in being a yeah not interested in being a ruthless gang lord at all you know just, but it would be it would be great to see a cg hut and i think they could they could do that i mean clearly if they've I know it's different when it's hard surface models and stuff, but if they've had the guts to kind of go with dark troopers and we've had giant crate dragons and all that kind of thing, so mm. it's totally it's totally possible that they they could be breaking out the CG hook. I think I at some hope point they I build. Think... They actually build. I mean, there was rumours a few years back that really? they built. Uh, I can't mm. remember what season of Clone Wars it was, but you did see a whole yeah. sort of cartel of of huts. Uh, in, in one sequence of all varying, because there's shell huts and there's different types yeah. of huts, isn't there? Uh, and, I, and there yeah. was rumours that they'd actually built a load of huts. And I just wonder whether or not there's yeah. the scope to do that, because obviously animatronics now is so much better than it used to be. Uh, and, and with CG huts, they've never had, apart from the one in Phantom Menace, which I think was pretty much bang on, they've never had much, mm. much joy beyond that. You know, the special editions, they never, never really got it right. But I'd certainly love to see more huts. Yeah. That, that feels like a given, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, I think we, I think we maybe need a, a revisit from the guy that was in the Marvel comic too. You know, the oh, one yeah. that was the pretend yes. hut. Yes, yes. <laughs> Got his name. I blanked on his name, but yes, I'm I know just, who you mean. Yeah, you know, what I mean, the guy that's kind of warrusy or whatever. But I, 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 yeah, there is there's so much good stuff in all that old Brian Daly, uh, you know, territory that I'd love to see. I mean. <laughs> Although I'm not sure everybody shares my opinion about that kind of thing. I was talking to one of the guys from Hasbro the other, the other week, and we were just talking about play sets, and I was explaining that the Death Star play set was my favourite yeah. thing as a kid, but that I'd like to see uh, uh, the uh, Lost Homestead as a play set. But, you know, of course the joke always is, where's the play appeal? And all you can do is sit your figures down and have them have breakfast, you know. That's about it, really. Have breakfast or get killed by stormtroopers. I want that's that it. food that's blender. Play I want that food blender, yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah go go change yeah. evaporators or whatever. That, that, that's your next Hasla project. And, you know, you've yeah, got right. to, and the first tier is basically a burnt Aunt Baru and, you know, <laughs> Owen. That's, that's, your, that's your first kind of tier yeah. kind of like reward. <laughs> 
Yeah, there are some really fun uh, like fan figures out there, aren't there, with the the force yes. figure and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's all around debris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if they, you know, if they get into yeah, the whole Fett thing and, and it is, let's say, like Mark says, let's say it mm. is a hit list, that gives you some scope. He's got Jabba's yeah. Palace as a base now yeah. to work from, and he's obviously stomped his authority down there. And it's, it's clearly not the place it used to be. You know, there's nobody in that courtroom. Yeah. It's not the same. You know, uh, the, the, yeah. what Jabba was doing and what Bib was doing, clearly two completely different things. Or well, that's the, the on the face of it, because yeah. anyway, nobody would have got close to Jabba like that before. But but mm. with bouncing off the back of that then into season three of Mando, now that you've broken up the, the little fellowship, you know, the Mudhorn clan has been broken up mm. essentially, Grogu's gone off with Luke and R2, Mando's now stood there yeah. with the Darksaber in his hand and Bo-Katan saying, I've got to take it off of you in combat. Cara June's presumably mm. taking um, uh, Moff Gideon back to the New Republic. Uh, you know, and he gets double his fee because he brought she brings him in alive, and all these different things that happen. Yeah. Where do you mm. foresee season three going now, in terms of specifically in terms of Din, because now he's he's a loner again without a ship yeah. as well, because obviously Bob has jetted off in Slave One. Yeah, that's a trick, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, uh, as the show started, I just thought. Yeah, it's hard to remember, isn't it, where, where our heads were at now we know about it. Mm. But I remember back when it started, just thinking this is just going to be a pastiche of Bobber. I was kind of okay with that. You know, I was like, okay, well, I understand why Bob is not available to you. And unless you bring him back, then, you know, you can't really go there and everything. So I just expected him to be a clone of Bobber. And I, f- I found him to be kind of, you know, people knock the character for kind of making stupid decisions sometimes or for, for not being that great at. Uh, keep his head above water because people are always fighting with him and beating him up and stuff. But for me, it just reminds me of the Indiana Jones that we were familiar with in um, the Indiana Jones Chronicles. You know, he's the guy that's around when it, when other people are doing something more significant. You know, he's, he's the guy that's standing next to the guy, you know. Um, and that can work because, I mean, like, you look at India and you think, well, he ended up just being this kind of vehicle for that in the Indiana Jones Chronicles. And although it wasn't very popular, it was quite a clever way of zooting you know, about the universe and well, around the planet and showing you all this, these different events in history. So in a way, I sort of see him as being a bit like that. And I, I kind of like that. You know, he's the guy that gets punched out. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't want all my heroes to be superhuman. Mm. I quite like the ones that are a bit rubbish, you know. Um, so I expect kind of more of the same going forward. But I don't, I don't know about the – it was a big surprise yes. about the ship, especially post the Hasbro launch, yeah. you know. <laughs> And then I was, oh, by the way, public service announcement. I was like, I was looking at it, kind of thinking, am I onto something here? But any ship that you buy from Hasbro is going to blow up like shortly afterwards. Because if you look at it, like, was the Jabba's Sandcrawler was the last thing they did in Has- yes, Haslab, right? Yeah, yeah. And that yeah, that so went hard. boom True. too. So. <laughs> They're only making ships that blow up, right? We'll be getting the Death Star yeah, next. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I was. Which reminds me, going for another tangent, didn't Bib Fortuna die in Jabba's board? I mean, clearly not now, but... Everybody says... But I, right? I always remember Min- years ago, I mean, way back, when mm. the re, you know the Rebo band are clearly on the on the barge singing and playing and doing a number. You certainly see Max. Yeah, yeah. I think you see Droopy. Uh-huh. But, but that, the thing was right. always that, oh, they jumped off the barge before it exploded and they survived. So it was all these little mm. anecdotal stories that you picked up as a yeah. kid, like, oh, that, well, they got out, they were okay. Uh-huh. So... And yeah. like you say, I'm, I'm sure Bib was on the sail barge. Yeah, I'm second guessing myself now. He wasn't. Yeah. He was on there, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I mean, we've no reason to assume any of them got off. All I can assume was it was like you know, like when you're at a party and somebody kind of goes, "Oh, we're all out of beer and napkins." 
and they probably they probably sent like Bib off to get some <laughs> on the some more napkins, you know. So it's yeah, well, speed yeah, bike never saw it, just yeah. off. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it was nice to see. It was weird that it was Matthew Wood. It was like, whoa, <laughs> that was a good little touch, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he even snuck a little McClunky in there, didn't he? Yeah, love that. Yeah. Mm. So, so, yeah, so, looking yeah. at it now, we've got we've had two seasons of Mando. We know we know we've got Boba coming up, and all these other shows of which the most likely one to come first, I would say, is probably the Bad Batch. I would assume that's probably fairly far down the line, just from from the depth of sizzle reel that we saw mm. of it. We've got Andor coming. We're covering all the bases. If you had to pick one, if you if I could say to you, Paul, you can only pick one. If if nothing else comes to fruition, you can pick one, and that's what you get. Which one would you pick right now? Because it'll probably change. From 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 what from bad that's batch laid out in front of us that, that could potentially happen because that's not to say they all come to fruition but if, what was announced the Tyka film Rogue Squadron mm. you know what yeah. what's the one thing you'd pick? Oh, that's oh, tricky. I think because we don't know, really know what they are yet. You know, it's, I'm looking at it kind of going. Hmm. I mean, the acolyte I'm assuming is going to be about somebody like Darth Talon because you know George is into that and and maybe maybe. So that's going to be cis centric, and I'm into all that. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about where they might go there. I even, I'm even excited about the droids yeah. show because I, I like the old droid show. Oh, I love the droids, and, yeah. and it's it's intriguing to me because of the idea that it's a it's an animation stroke ILM cross. So I'm curious as to what that means. You know, is it going to be photo real? I mean, it seems like if ILM involved, it's probably going to be that way. You know, and I. Yeah, and the fact it's a TV movie and stuff is an interesting concept because it's like, all right, if they start making movies for TV, that could open all kinds of possibilities. I know for years we've been talking about how cool it would be to get a Shadows of the Empire uh, TV movie or a Splinter of the Mind's Eye TV movie or something. (laughs) You know, so maybe if Droids does well, we could be thinking about, you know, more more sort of TV movies. I think that's that's a cool format for Star Wars, but. Rogue Squadron, I'm curious about because I liked. I liked. It almost feels like a backdoor uh, Rogue One sequel in a way, you know. Being as I said, it's it's actually set in the future, so it's like, all right, it's not it's not going to be the book era. It's it's going to be like another generation, kind of inspired by that era. So that's you know, Kenobi. I'm very excited by. Um, I guess it's probably a toss up between Kenobi and Ahsoka. I think because I thought they did a great job of Ahsoka. I really liked her appearance in uh, in Mandalorian. So. But um, yeah, I'm really excited about Kenobi too, though. You know, everybody's been asking about like, you know, oh, come on, surely Kenobi doesn't leave Tatooine, you know? And I, I think he's kind of got yeah. to really. Uh, mm. But I mean, what what do you think, guys? Do you think what do you think would take him off the planet? My feeling was either something's happening to Leia, or maybe even something's happening to Baby Yoda, and he knows about well, it. We talked about we talked about this on a recent yeah. episode, yeah. you know, that that obviously you've got mm. Hayden back as Vader. But I'm, I'm, for me, I'm mm. thinking Rotha Khan. You know, Khan and Kirk never meet. It's, it's a remote relationship, right. if that makes sense. And they're, they're completely at odds yeah. when they never physically interact. And I, and I get the sense that mm. Vader can't know too much about Obi Wan's whereabouts because he could track him or his MO. So I feel that they, they might be skirting yeah. around similar events, but at a distance. Mm. So you're seeing two perspectives, mm-hmm. and clearly flashbacks as well. I, I still t- I still maintain that that uh, Obi Wan went to Tatooine in in his stolen starfighter of General Grievous, and that's the vehicle he'll use to get around in. I, 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 I've always thought that. So mm. I think 
I think that's I like how it. he'll get from A to B. Uh, he'll be using that ship. So mm. I don't see any reason why he can't. I mean, he clearly he communed with Yoda, presumably, again, communes with Qui-Gon. Mm. He's in contact with Bale because they were great friends. So there's definitely mm. contact mm. with the outside world. But Mark made a great yeah. point earlier. Sorry to steal your thunder, Mark. But you mentioned how, at this point of time, Ben says to Luke, Obi-Wan? I haven't been called that in a long time. So he's he's crazy old Ben. So yeah. the show's called Obi-Wan mm. Kenobi, but he's yeah. Ben. So, you know, there's all that all that aspect yeah. as well. So I, mm. I think there's no reason for him not to leave Tatooine. Yeah, I mean, I, I was also thinking, like, just uh, there, there are a lot of opportunities there that just feel so golden. You know, you look at it and you think, We've never really had a good look at Alderaan, have we? We've had that shot no, or no. two of, of just Belle sitting around with Baby Leia and stuff. But, uh, I mean, the, the most time we've ever spent on Alderaan was in the radio shows, you know, like having an old episode about that. But it's yeah, it's not the same as... Yeah, right, and it's not the same as uh, same as watching watching it. So I'd, I'd kind of... Yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't be a bad idea, I think, to pull Leia into it, and especially knowing how... Um, Disney's trying to kind of get the focus a bit more on, on the female characters. Yeah. It seems to to me to to make, make sense, sense that they might yeah. kind of go. Oh, let's make it about Leia. For everything in one location, daily news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, video, and social media feeds. Bookmark Fanthatracks.com for Star Wars news twenty four seven three sixty five. Or at least you know. Mm. That's the consequence. He he does leave planet either for whatever reason, be it to go yeah. and rescue Leia or something. And then something yeah. happens yeah. to Luke, and at the end of it, he then realizes that he can't now leave Tatooine again until he's mm. Luke's of a certain age or something. Yeah. Mm. Um, because it's that whole thing of like you know, it, it, it's like you know when you when you walk out of the kitchen when you've got your potatoes on boiling, you think I'll be all right for two minutes, and you come back and the whole place yeah. is just yeah. covered. Yeah. <laughs> so. It, yeah. it could be something like that. I mean, it could, it could even be distraction mark, couldn't it? You know, like yeah. like like there, there could be they could go. We 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 know we know Kenobi's on Tatooine, but they don't necessarily have any reason to assume that there's a Skywalker there. Mm. So if they, if they're starting to smell him out and 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 find out where he is, that it could actually make a lot of sense for him to get the heck off the planet because all he's going to do is draw in the Empire and and potentially put Luke at risk. Whereas if they don't, they have not got a clue that he's there. It's like no problem. But but if they have a you know an idea that the hunting for Kenobi might lead to something, then I think he'd totally leave the planet. It's a really good know. point because if if yeah. you look at the original Star Wars, one of the biggest potential plot cockups, if you like, was Luke Skywalker mm. living on Tatooine mm. where his father lived. Under the yeah. under the surname Skywalker, he really uh-huh. should have been Luke Lars. Yeah. But, but he was Luke Skywalker, so you know. Right. I know. So, I know. And wearing an outfit of a Jedi Knight. True. It's like, what? Yeah. wait, what? Someone make yeah. an effort, you know. <laughs> Is it one of those things where it's just like, you know, you got settled in, got laid back. It's a bit like the COVID thing, it'd be stuck in yeah. home for ages. So you're like, you know, you might yeah, maybe like let things slide a bit, and you're thinking, oh, I'll just wear tracksuit bottoms again today, It'll be fine. And he's thinking like, I'll just crack out a Jedi outfit for a while because the rest of it needs washing. You know, it'd be fine, it'd be fine. And then it's now it's just like he's really comfy in it, and it's just like what, what the heck? It's not like the Empire's ever going to come to Tatooine, is it? Come on, yeah, now. that's no. that's true. I, I, I just wear my own Jedi outfit. Plus, he's got really used to wearing it. Isn't it? It's like your favorite pair of boots, isn't it? You know. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they've got some they've got some great opportunities because obviously, you know, Owen and Ben, there was always that enmity mm. there, and of course, 
Owen and Ben were brothers at one point, weren't they? Yeah. You know, and they kind of backed off on that for the sequ- uh, for yeah. prequels. But, you know, so yeah, there's definitely yeah, storytelling yeah. potential. I think you're right. Kenobi's got some, some real scope. The one I'm looking forward to the most is Andor. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm really excited about. Right. Yeah, really? What is it about just that the era. Just, just about? the era. Just the era. Apart from Cassian was really? my favourite character in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just really interested yeah, to see great. him. I just think that pre... Uh, that pre scarif pre Yavin era of building the rebellion and yeah. bringing people in, and I think there's there's a lot of political uh, intrigue in there as well because I was thinking about it the other day that sequence in Rogue One when Jin basically appeals to them to mm. come on we've got to go we've got to take this war to them you know rebellions are built on hope and all that that whole thing, and you've got it's basically yeah. a mini Senate they had to get consensus within that mini Senate of of Republic senators some of which were up for it and some of which weren't. But they were all part of the rebellion, but yeah. some were too nervous and some were, you know mm. what I mean? So so I think there's mm-hmm. some navigation there. Obviously, Mothman's going to be in it. And I think another point, just because Hayden's turning up in Kenobi doesn't mean Hayden couldn't turn up also in Cassian. With Mon Mothma turning up in Cassian or in Andor, rather, there's no reason why she couldn't turn up yeah. in Rangers. So a lot of these actors mm-hmm. being announced for certain shows very clearly could cross over into others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, I mean I loved Rogue One, and I remember going into it sort of with pretty low expectations actually, and uh, and then by the time it got toward the end and the, all the dogfight stuff, I thought it was the greatest Star Wars I'd seen in years, you know. So I was totally blown away by all the space stuff and really felt myself um, drawn into that reality, which is what I'm all about. You know, it's weird. I don't, I don't have a particular kind of like I don't lock onto anything and think like oh, I'm really keen on on the spaceships or I'm really keen on the planets or anything like that. It's just a general, if it just feels like real Star Wars, then I'm there for it and I'm having a good time, you know? And for me, it was like, oh, at last somebody's actually kind of got the dogfight, so they feel like they've got the same weight as the old movie. So I'm hoping that, the, you know, the, the, the things that fans have reacted positively to, that they're going to learn from that and kind of make sure that they focus on that stuff. So hopefully, although it sounds like Andorra is going to be quite a spy, you know, driven type yeah. story. I, I kind of hopefully we get a, a good bit of spaceship action too. I think it, you know, that's, that's what I'd like from a kind of a rogue one prequel, but yeah, I don't know. There's so much. I mean, I don't know. It's just so exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm also wondering about the, how much the Andor and the Lando shows are almost working as a substitute for, for, I mean, it would be nice if we had a Han, Han and Chewie show. I know you feel same way as I do about that, Mark, where it's like for years, you know, I've wanted like a daily style kind of Han Chewie adventures kind of story set before the original trilogy. And they nearly pulled it off, didn't they, with yeah. uh, with Alden and, and, and all that. I mean, uh, we enjoyed it. It was a great movie, yeah. but it, it clearly didn't connect with enough people. Um, but i i almost feel now looking back at it like it, it just would have made such a great pilot for a tv show and and I, you know i'd have tuned tune in every week and sure would have loved it so i'm wondering how much of the lack of success of the solo movie is is uh has led them to maybe think that that something like lando could work as a substitute for that you know because obviously you could have lando and any kind of sidekick he they want to put in there yeah. you know i assume would it be i suppose it would be the robot right Robot would be amazing. No, the, the robot that he had. Oh, L3. You know? Oh, L3. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking yeah. of the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But at it... the same time, you look at that and you kind of go, but yeah, but then Cassian's got a robot sidekick too. Weird, so. Yeah. Is, weird, it, is, 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 is Lando, do we know if Lando's a prequel then? Or... Well, uh, the stories are that maybe both, it's maybe it's um, 
uh, Billy D as well. So uh, yeah, I don't, the I don't know. Thing with the book yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm assuming. I, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I but, did you uh, did you read the um, Daniel Jose Older book? I thought it called Last was the Last Shot or something, which is basically no, it's, good... it's La- it's, yeah, it's, I mm. really enjoyed it because it's Lando and Han, but they both were kind of covering this caper in the present day but right. they both have like flashbacks to like 10 or 15 years before that and they have yeah. their own different stories so it'd be kind of cool if cool. like in a similar kind of way you had maybe um the billy d lando kind of you know having to deal with stuff that happened in the past yes yeah. and and so kind of like rather than it just being a bookend actually you know really utilizing billy d because he was great in rise of skywalker mm. Mm. i'd love to see more billy d lando yeah, me too. What are you what are you interested in out of all these shows, Mark? What's me? Um, I'm, I'm to be honest, I think I'm a bit like you. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a squadron leader for the Rebel Legions LC base in the UK. So obviously, mm. Rogue Squadron is kind of right. I, I'm I'm curious about that, but that's probably more from a, a costume perspective. But yeah. then, if that's set, you know, um, the furthest into the future than any other of uh, mm. the other shows that'll be interesting just to see what they do with it um mm. Mm. but yeah this soka as well because you kind of and obviously i don't want to take too much stock on the logos but it had that whole kind of like yeah. you know, world between worlds kind of vibe about the, the iconography of it mm. and stuff so yeah it'd be interesting to see how much they do with that if if they mm. go there because it's you know it's kind of a whole dodgy territory of like time travel and star mm. wars and you know mm. would it work or would it not so yeah I've, I've been I've been a little bit more vocal about my criticism of the sequels in the last few years and stuff. Really? I know, I know right. <laughs> but initially, you'd be amazed how much I'm reining it in, man, I tell you. Really? But, yeah. but the amongst friends, you know, I'll, I'll lay sure. it out there and complain like anything. But but on podcasts and stuff, I've tried to not do it too much. But but the uh, initially, it was because I didn't want to spoil anybody's fun. You know, it's like if everybody's having a good time, then great, you know. Um, but now, now we've had enough time go by that, you know, I feel like I can just speak my mind you know um i've made no bones about the fact i'd like i'm a fan has to snap the whole thing into non-existence but i think i think it's a lot of people have said like we well, couldn't do that because like think about all the fans that really like it and blah 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 and you know i'm not unsympathetic to that but i just look at it like i do star trek and i know mark or the mark <laughs> you'll get you'll you'll you'll, yeah. you'll get this in that the fact that we have these two parallel kind of takes on star trek out of necessity because we just look at it and kind of go well, Shatner's not going to be running around anytime soon, and you know we kind of need these this young crew to kind of build off um, going forward and stuff like that. And 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 yet, you know that that reinvention of the brand, if you like, has not really done any harm to the original no. Star Trek. Although you might argue it has not, but you know it's it, it's kind of it's still there. And if they wanted to, they could just pick it up tomorrow if they wanted to and make a movie that has the original cast in if they're around, you know. So I, I kind of feel like that way about the sequels, and I dislike them so much. I would like them to just find a way to to just circumnavigate them now. And I think there's a sizable chunk of people out there, enough people out there, to kind of warrant it, giving that some serious consideration. But then at the same time, I'm not, you know, so disconnected from reality that I can see Disney rushing into that. I think I think that they've invested a lot of money in it, and they've made a lot of money from those yeah. movies. Yeah. Even though it, but um, you know, I I, I think it might make sense for them to kind of like shift a gear and kind of go and right, just simply from um, story point of view that if you've got, you know, all this television and this is what we're focusing on for a while, 
why not do something to kind of rewrite the future as anything is possible however you do it you know whether it's a magic crystal or whatever it is they find a reason to suddenly say like right we now have no idea what the what the future holds for us mm. and that that is just a future but not necessarily the only future and things could change now because of some occurrence in the force or however you want to spin it because i think then that leaves them wide open and we, we can't assume anything i mean like if they do that then it's like even ot characters could die before they reach the sequel trilogy era because now we have no idea what happened you know so i think there's a few arguments for it i think but, it's a tricky one it's a tricky I one I, I, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I worry. Yeah. The one thing I never want to see in Star Wars, and the world between worlds, exactly, just about got yeah. away with it. Um, it's time travel because yeah. it was it was tricky enough when they, and I understand completely why they did it for story purposes and financially to to wipe away the EU, yeah. for example. I, I get that. I don't buy that it was purely a story decision. I think it yeah. was a financial one as well because they can fill that timeline with brand new books and comics. So it was fiscal as much as anything. You you. I remember you never not being keen on that at the time, Mark. And I remember kind of going, "Oh, don't worry, it'll be fine." And now, I'm, <laughs> now I'm telling you my words kind of going, "Mark was right. What have we I lost?" Everything can be accommodated. <laughs> I, 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 worry, worry. I think, yeah, very good. I think, I think everything can be accommodated in a sense that they could, yeah. they, if they wanted to, yeah. they could have made it all work and fit, and they could have found gaps and told other stories. But by the same token, I, I wouldn't mm. want to to completely get rid of, of anything, especially now that they are at least attempting yeah. to make everything canon from a from a certain point. And it's mm-hmm. always going to be the case. I know we've had this conversation, Paul. You know, if Spielberg says, I'll finally do that Star Wars film, and it contradicts an issue of you know Darth Vader yeah. Volume 1, who's gonna, who gives a stuff mm. about that? They'll contradict it. It doesn't matter. So they'll, they'll yeah, cherry totally. pick that as much as they, yeah. they want to. But but I think, yeah, this. Hasn't it already, like, Cobb Cop Vanth has already contradicted the book, right? Isn't that a first? Kinda, yeah. I mean, yeah. but I suppose that's the thing, like, mm. you know, I mean, it's it's like future's always in motion, isn't it? And so it's like, how how <laughs> difficult is it to kind yeah. of like, you know, look at that, especially bearing in mind that he is kind of like a, a side character in, in a book, like, a, you know, he's in an interlude. Mm. He's not even the main character in that novel. He's yeah. just like... Mm. just kind of like a like a, a vignette kind of cutaway type kind of right. thing so mm. um but i mean but you know i mean i would i'd be more curious just to see you know sod it let's let's use some somebody like i know for instance grogu as an anchor and go five yeah. six hundred years in the future and just go right okay we've you now got an anchor to the past because you've got this five or six hundred year old older yoda-esque character mm. so there's that scent Middle age, yeah. exactly, and kind of got that, that touchstone of it's kind of familiar. But then <laughs> yeah. the world and the galaxy that he's in, I mean, five hundred mm. years is like a huge amount of time because you think about what happened in the, you know, yeah. between Battle of Yavin and Force Awakens. Yeah. So, you know, I kind, of, I kind of feel like that's the way to go for sure. I mean, I, I remember when the Force Awakens first came out. I remember, I mean, we went to the premiere yeah. together, Mark, didn't we? So, and I was confident enough in in uh, Kathleen and Disney's stewardship of the saga that i'd already booked a flight on that same night to go see it in the states too so like less than you know whatever it was less than 20 hours later i was in la watching it as well like at man's so so i was serious about that that movie and had every confidence in it and i enjoyed it at the time as a kind of like a sensible kind of business decision and but i also had fun with it i enjoyed it you know provided a few things were explained going forwards, and then I said I was the thing that did it for me. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was just going to feel like, like 
I remember when Disney first kind of bought the brand, I remember thinking, well, that's really interesting because they've got a lot of money behind them. They've got a lot of skill behind them. Um, and it's a huge company. And I, I felt it was a great decision. And I was really looking forward to seeing what new people did with Star Wars. I think I thought, great, you know. But at the same time, I was thinking there's no there's no company like Lucasfilm out there. There's no, nobody that can really get in George's shoes. He's, he's his own person, you know. He's got his own unique touching way of looking at things. So this is going to be different, you know. But then when, when The Force Awakens came out, I felt well, this really, for all its shortcomings and anything I could criticise it for, is an amazing accomplishment because you've got a brand new bunch of people who've never made Star Wars before. have just made a Star Wars movie that's nearly yeah. really good, you know. And um, so so for me, you know, I kind of felt like this is great. But at the same time, you know, I had reservations, but I just kind of thought we need to give them time, you know. And I think I think that... My feeling is if J.J. had stuck with the whole trilogy, I think we, it probably would have got somewhere really interesting by the third movie. Uh, but I think because things got complicated by eight, I felt like it, it kind of got, got a little confused and went off the tracks. But but uh, I don't know, where was I going with that? I, th- I think um, I think for me, the, the TV shows are the, are the place where it's really proven that, like, look, we can make Star Wars like George. We can, you know. And um, I, think, I think slipping into other time zones... Uh, is not necessarily a, a bad thing. My feeling is, you know, you're talking about different projects. Do you guys think T- Tyker's project is is uh, probably like set way, way, way back? It feels like before the Old Republic. Yeah, you know, right. it feels like you know, maybe the start of the Jedi or something like that. That's a vibe well, I'm that getting. That was one from. of the rumors, wasn't it? That one of the rumors what, was that they were going to do a story where it was, wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't it a, a, um, a female character was going to lead the story and she was a, like an explorer sort of charting the expansion and she was there you know oh, yeah so she was sort of there at mm. the discovery of the drive and there at the discovery of lots of the the, the sort of temple things of, of the saga you know that, right. that was something i remember reading a while ago so if if he was in charge yeah. of that that could be that could be really quite interesting because you know hyperdrive mm. discovery of the force a lot of things kind of happened about twenty five thousand years ago didn't they so so there's certain yeah, things yeah. that you could wrap a story around um i like his style i, I love thor ragnarok so you know as long as it's yeah, not, yeah, I like exactly. Tiger, yeah. And his episode of mando was great and um you know Disney yeah amazing him, so yeah. i think they're going to look after him in that sense but he he, he just that they're going to do something different the logo is rather mm. kind of weird where he's looking it's, at it kind of yeah. going hmm. and it's kind of got yeah. that ben-hur kind of one million years bc kind of vibe to it so it's like okay you took in ancient history here so it's it's probably you know something mythical or something very primitive you know, so it's like, where are we going with this? So it could be the Star Wars equivalent of cavemen, or it could be the Star Wars, Star Wars equivalent of Ben Hur, couldn't it? Or I mean, they I don't could know. flip it because we could be heading towards a dark mm. ages in in the timeline post Rise of Skywalker. You could get so far, and and yeah, yeah. like the the High Republic has the you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, yeah. this, uh, the great. Uh, what was it now? Uh, I mm, that's it. Well, the, you know, strange, things like that happen. You've just had it in Star Trek with the bird yeah. in Discovery season three. You know, uh-huh. some big cataclysm Ugh. could happen that that affects everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like if the magnetism of the mm-hmm. sun changed, none of our electrics would work, sort of thing. You know, so so some yeah, yeah, yeah. could happen, and we get cast into a dark. I don't know. I'm mm. spitballing, but you know, I like it. Could happen. Yeah, I like that more. Yeah, it's nice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now they should call you, man. I'm here. It's, they know where I am. It's time. <laughs> yeah. We need we we need no, set in movies. It's got to happen. <laughs> That's the dream. I just want a poster yeah. on a wall. That's all. This I want. room. I want a poster on a wall in a scene. That's yeah. all I want. <laughs> There's room for that. I don't see, yeah. But I think great. the future's bright. And one final thing before we wrap up, I, I would mm. love to know. 
you can't know. Nobody can know. Who who could know? But to, to your to your mind, having followed this series since day one, mm-hmm. and and being a student of Star Wars as much as a fan of it, what do you think George is making of this expansion of the story? Now, you know, we, we're getting to the point where technology, like like he did with Phantom Menace, when he couldn't make Phantom until Jurassic Park happened, but that was a technical thing. Now we've we've moved even beyond that with stagecraft and face replacement technology, and so so we really are at a point where all the tools are there, and we've had decades of people arguably using them more judiciously than maybe he did initially because it was a brand new toy box and now we can tell any story mm. we want to do what do you think he would make of this period of star wars history oh that's a kind of a flip i was thinking i was thinking more about the technology oh, but, um, all of it I mean, you know the, the, the history the, yeah. in, on, on, on as a story but also star wars in the 21st century that the opportunities that are laid out to yeah. think is there i think i think um I think George is probably enjoying watching Star Wars. I think he's certainly enjoying watching Dave Star Wars, you know, and as soon as you saw that Ahsoka episode and it was so Kurosawa heavy, so, so John Ford heavy, you know, you can, I kind of felt like this is, this really is drawing on what George liked rather than just Star Wars. It's, it's pulling from the source, you know, so I felt like that really nailed it. Um, so I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's really enjoying it and I'm sure he's, He's probably like, you know, I mean, he loves attack. I mean, it's clear, you know, you, you look back at the old documentaries of George kind of getting excited about being able to split edit a shot and kind of, you know, take one performance from one take and take a performance from another take and all that kind of stuff. And he liked to fiddle, you know, and he liked, he liked the, the, to pioneer stuff. So I think the fact that Star Wars happens to be the, the project that's really kind of embraced the whole, um, virtual, uh, shooting setup yeah. sort of situation i'm sure is is something that he's delighted with and uh yeah i'm sure he, he you know he's sophisticated enough to look at these shots and kind of go look at wow look at that it looks like they're really there and still appreciate that that aspect of of stuff you know so yeah no i think i'm sure i'm sure he's really enjoying this show you know i think i think going forward some of it will interest him more than other stuff and some of it will probably disappoint him some, some of it will make him happy like anybody else but um I'm sure he's excited about it. And, you know, I mean, he loves film and, uh, you know, he's into movies, like full stop. So I'm sure, you know, he'll be very excited to see what the people do with what he's come up with. But, uh, yeah. And I'm sure Baby Yoda has been, uh, been a bit of a revelation yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> he got to meet him. So that's... Biggest star in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm still getting used to the whole Grogu thing. Yeah. I can't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still baby Yoda, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, but yeah, Brilliant. I think you'll enjoy it. I, I'm interested in, in seeing, uh, I, I, I think George will be excited about Bad Batch too, oddly, because, you know, he clearly was into, into the whole, I mean, to me, it just felt like, okay, I don't, I don't care what you call this, this is Clone Wars continues, but it's like, you know, they've had to call it something different because Clone Wars is over, you know? <laughs> mm. So, but to me, it's, it just looks identical. Um, and I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I think if they keep standards as high as they did with Clone Wars, then I think uh, we're in for a good ride. It's, it's, it's really intriguing me where they're going to go with that, though. It's like, because I'm not not particularly excited about the clones themselves. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I mean, I'm sure they'll grow on me as time goes by. I'll just like the individual characters, but I'm more interested in the world around them, to be honest. I want to I want to know what's kind of going on because it's, I mean, essentially it's like they've hit that period, haven't they, where we're in Revenge yeah. of the Sith, so we're like mid 
mid Revenge of the Sith is is where we start. So are we going to uh is the first season gonna trip into whatever the live action projects have got kinda of coming down the pipe? Is it is it gonna get as far ahead as something like Mandalorian? I mean could we be seeing Bad Batch in five years and there's Mando? I mean, that's, I don't know. That's a fascinating thought because we, we've got that's Fennec cool. turning yeah. it, haven't we? So, you know, there's overlap. Yeah, there. Fennec's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy days. What are you, what are you, guys, what are you guys expecting from uh, the Acolyte? You got any opinions about that? I like the fact they've stuck it at the end of the High mm. Republic era and that, that from what they've said, that yeah. that's quite uh, an expansive period of Star Wars history as well. You know, if they're, if mm. they're saying if what I read was true and it is sort of half a century before phantom then you've got a yeah. quite an expansive you know like they say high republic so it's it's them at their essentially at their best so i think that could be a lot don't of don't you i feel like that that end of things you know you, you know when i first saw high republic i have to admit it's a bit i was a little cynical about the whole idea because to me it just like watered down the old republic and I'd, I'd rather they just went there and went back a few thousand years rather than looking about in the 200-year 200, 200 zone. But it's all fresh territory and it makes it possible for them to do something really brand new. And, you know, so I'm all for that. It looks, it looks, that looks really interesting. But what what intrigues me is, like, why only 50 years? It's not that far back, you know? No, no that's so, it. So mm. I look at that and kind of go, is this their attempt to make a prequel show? Because even though it's 50 years earlier and obviously there's... There's like what is the thirty years between the prequels so, and the sequel and well, the original trilogy? Phantom to New Hope, yeah. Thirty-two. So in a way, it's a similar leap, but you'd kind of expect a design to kind of lean into the prequels a little bit, you know, or maybe even a lot. So like, could could you know, could this show turn out to have a strong kind of prequel vibe? I think I think there's room for a prequely show. Yeah, like. totally. I mean, could this actually be the way they kind of shoehorn the whole Darth Plagueis mm-hmm. kind of story in? You yeah, because you know Palpatine's around at that time. Hey man, it's me, Kevin Smith, a Star Wars fan, Fantatrax fan. There are all kinds of rumors on the internet, and you know how much you can rely on those, you know. But I've been hearing sort of rumors about Naboo yes, for a while, same. which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was I was I've always wondered about Naboo and thought, you know, after the after the prequel trilogy, right at the end there, you've got all of a sudden the Emperor is now in residence, and Palpatine is. He's got his feet under the table and he can kind of, you know, he can call a shot. So I just kind of look back and think, what's he annoyed about? You know, this is an incredibly vindictive and cruel character. You know, uh, what what would be the result of him kind of coming out on top? He may have been born on Naboo, but would he want to kind of get one up on them? Or? Well, he, um, I believe Naboo wasn't that a target for Operation Cinder, which is his. Yeah, kind of, that's the that's the story, isn't it? But, yeah, that was, that was his middle finger to the, the yeah. galaxy when he died. Um, so is that yeah. canon now then, Mark? Did 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 uh, Naboo get it? No, I don't think so. No, I think that no. um, it didn't get it. Um, I mean, the comics have, have kind of visited it there a couple of times, but because right, right. um, uh, was it Captain? Was it Captain? Uh, Tanaka or something like yeah, that. Yeah. He, he became a moth. Oh, Panaka, Panaka turned. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Panaka, that's it. Sorry, Panaka, Panaka Yeah, huh? he became a moth. And yeah, I, I think that might have been in like, Queen Shadow. I think it might have been in the Padme book. Right. And and he 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 gets blown up or something. He. Well, <laughs> no, that's it. It's the it's the um the Princess right. of Alderaan book because he sees Leah and I uh, think he makes a connection to like Padme. 
and then mm. he gets blown up. That's all I can kind of remember. And I was kind of quite gutted because like, there was something there that I was like, oh, this could be a really interesting kind of thread to follow, but they didn't follow it. But yeah, but, but yeah, you would kind of think if you were the emperor, you know, you'd, you'd go around kind of clean house a little bit and kind of tie up those loose ends and any, anything yeah. that can kind of connect you to like your previous life. Surely that's mm. that's kind of, that's like, you know, Gangster 101, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Really. You know, it's got well, visually, visually for me, you know, and I, I know, you know, because George was very much motivated by his you know, by the way he he looks at things. By the way, I'm disappointed in Captain Vanaka because I've worked with Hugh Quashie and he always seemed like such yeah. a nice man. Can't believe he turned. Terrible. But, uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, being very motivated by visuals, you know, I, I kind of look at Naboo and I've, I've often thought, you know, it's nearly really beautiful, but there's a certain kind of modelly quality to it that doesn't quite get there for me. Although, although in the games and stuff, I've seen some versions of Naboo that I thought were amazing. Um, so for me, oh, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Naboo, you know, ruined. I'd like to see the plants all overtaking everything, and it, you know, like some really beautiful romantic wreck of a city. I think it could look incredible with like birds flying out of the ruins and. Mm. You know the the rivers and the lakes all overgrown and everything, and and all the public places all got flowers all over the ground yeah, and Logan's Run kind of. Yeah, I just think it could look amazing. You know, so so for me visually, I find that an exciting possibility that they might go back there. But I've definitely heard rumours that they're talking about like potentially having Nabu fighter in there or uh, like the, the old Nabu prop. And clearly, there's a little bit of prequely stuff popping up every now and again when you get things like the pit pit droids and stuff showing up on Tatooine so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they started drifting in that direction a bit and I think it's 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 not from the sound of things it's not something that they've explored extensively even in the EU so feels like good territory to me I think I'd love yeah. them to, to end up there for some on some show or other this is it isn't but, it there's certain familiar yeah. planets that I mean we've been back to Mustafar mm. a few times and you know we're, we're regularly yeah. back at Tatooine we're there again at the end of season two and Certain worlds that, mm. you know, even in Rise of Skywalker, you glimpsed a, a momentary glimpse of Endor and then the scene at the end with Wicket. So, you know, you have kind of skirted around different places. But with these, like I say, these live action shows, you, you really could go back and have a an actual storyline on the yeah. view or get to Narshadar. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. you mentioned it, that would be a phenomenal oh, place yeah. to see. You know, in live action. Yeah, I'd love and that, even, man. Even I'd some, love that. You know, the Brian Daly books, some of the places that are in the books there, you know, mm. go to Sakarpus, well, Mimbu, mm. isn't it? So, you know, but you know what I mean? There's different places that you can go to yeah. that you could really flesh out that could be fascinating. Here's, here's, a, here's a question for you. You know, when everyone was talking about, you know, when I was talking with the RFR boys and we were exploring who's the Jedi that might turn up, and we're all like going, no way will it be Luke, but it, it kind of yeah. should be. And everybody's yeah. thinking like it's going to be a real Ice bummer window. when they when they take Grogu away from Mandalorian if if it's anybody less than Luke. I mean, just a Jedi turns up and takes him away, it'd be kind of sad, you know. But being as it's Luke, he kind of I don't know. Uh, he gets a pass, doesn't he? You kind of go, it's Luke. Of course, he wants to be with Luke, you know. So it makes it a tiny bit less heartbreaking. So while we're exploring that, we're looking at things like Quinlan, Voss, and could it could it be a Sith? We don't know. He's still alive. Could a Sarge Ventress still be around, even though she died near you? And, you know, all these characters started popping up that we were, you know, we were speculating about. But I mean, you know, there's so much room for for laying in some expanded universe stuff. And I think, you know, going contrary to the common thing about people being saying about fan service being a bad thing, which I don't agree with. I think you could overdo it. 
but I think to a certain extent, I think fan service is is uh, to be, to be encouraged. I, th- I think if something really resonates with fans, then I think it's an indication that there's something cool about that character that real that people really like. Whereas you know you could just kind of ignore fan service and do your own thing, but you know they've already put stuff out there that people like really like or are indifferent to. So so I think it makes sense to learn from that and, and pull stuff in. And thank, I'm thankful that they already are. But I mean, thinking about characters that could could kind of cross that divide, I was thinking it would be it would be great to see Carl Catan, but I don't know I'd if. Love that. if if you guys think there are any other wa- wasted opportunities where you think like, oh, I really wish that character would would come into the show well, I, somehow. I a, really, is there yeah, anybody? That I you... did a podcast the other day and somebody said, what EU character would you like to bring in? And I said, mm. Galandro. I'd like to see a full-on, right. proper, uh, dangerous gunman turn up. You know, a hitman or you know. Mm, so I think Galandro would be yeah. great to, to throw in as a character. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about you, Mark? To be honest, I I was going to say. Yeah, uh, um, Carl Katarn or right. ta- Talon Card. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But if you bring if you bring Talon Card and you've got to bring like Shadow to Cool, who's um, was it Mistral Shadow Guard? Because uh-huh. they were quite cool um, and they didn't really kind of do much. Because there's quite a sad story behind them. They kind of had this kind of like they were they were working just to kind of get the whole kind of like uh, family and village out of like you know poverty and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm open to anything as long as it's done well and it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in. Then you know it works really, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I think you know they've they've done it so many times where they've dipped into that EU well, be it for characters or little nods and stuff like that. But you know that's that's where you you should kind of be referencing stuff. I mean, it's like yeah. Leslie Headland, you know, she's yeah, you know, she had that. Uh, the interview where she said that she kind of refers back to the, um, you know, the, the Star Wars Atlas and stuff like that. Which, you know, yeah. you know, also I'd like to see turn up. It would be a nice surprise. It would be Dirge. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. And and I mean, especially considering his biology, I mean, it's possible. You know, I mean, you kind of feel like a little worm of him still survived. That'd be enough for him to come back. Yeah. Judging from the Gendy show, you know, you look at it and kind of go, well. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if Dirge turned up in the middle of Kenobi? That'd be mad. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, because I kind of never really get the feel of that, um, mm. in that in that series that he kind of really got the end resolution. It always no. felt like, you know, they just kind of left it like, you know. Mm. How did Asajj die in the books? I never read that. Oh, that dark God. Um, I get it. So that's yeah, Dark yeah, Disciple, yeah. which actually, to be fair, is a really good book. I've, I really Quinlan embraced Garrett. it. Yeah, because uh, it's based on one of the yeah, Clone yeah. Wars scripts, right? Yeah, so. it's so it's it, it's basically like a, a romance like mm. story between them, um, right? Like a tango or something. Yeah, and um, I, I can't remember because I, I mean I, I would have mm. read it like when it first Sorry, came Mark. out. Yeah, putting you on the spot. No, that's right. Um, but I I think did she get like shot or something? I mean she because mm. I can remember I I was kind of like jumping between reading the book and listening to the audio book and mm. the death scene was uh, I, I listened to the audiobook and it just kind of went on for like forever. Like, you know, really? one of those, yeah, like, you know, right. where she just kind of like was in his arms and it just felt like it was just kind of really stretched out and it's like, wow. okay, come on, come on, just die. Come on, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, kill yeah. the, the, Elf, the Elvis breath, death please. scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I really am. Um, I'm really dying. No, I'm really, any minute now. Yeah. Any minute, yeah. 
that's a shame. I mean, I, 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 I just kind of think that I really liked Ventress yeah. as a character. I thought yeah. she was very appealing. And when she first showed up in the Gendy show, I was like, eh, I don't know about this. It's an old Dermot power design, which is kind of nice. But And then it took like five minutes for me to kind of go, oh, I actually really like this character. She's really fun. You know, and the fact that she can kind of hold her own and, and they've got that weird kind of relationship thing going on between her and Kenobi and stuff mm. where they're kind of flirtatious and they're really kind of, yeah, you know, insulting way. You know, I thought it was, it was a nice play on that old-fashioned kind of, you know, 40s, um, you know, rivalry yeah. that you get Han and Leia doing in, in, in uh, Carrie, Empire. Carrie Hepburn thing, so, yeah. yeah, so I'd love to see Ventress show up in something because I think... With the right actress, she could be amazing. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, somebody really looks right. So that they'd be my pick, I think. And Carl Catan, I think mainly it's because it, I, like, I just like the idea of him being a friend of Luke's. You know, that's part of it, I think, is the fact that he's almost a surrogate Luke. You know, he's like Luke's mm-hmm. mate. So it's, I don't know, there's there's something about that that's appealing. Would you guys rather it was just like a, they replaced Luke with a different actor than get a CG one? I mean, I know there's always talk about... Yeah. Oh, I mean... Um, I the, the thing is when when I saw it, you know, there was there's so much emotions when I saw Luke in chapter mm. sixteen. But when I I think when I watched it the second or third time, I was like, yeah, there's just enough screen time. They've just given him enough screen time yeah. whereby Limited, I think yeah. a, any more, and it's I think it could mm. start to maybe fall apart a little bit in terms of mm. like it's it's going to be harder to yeah. sell it. But then again, that's just like you know, this could be version one, you know, so yeah. what happens when it's version two or three? Um, but yeah, I don't know. So there's, I mean, they were, I mean, it worked for solo. Yeah. I mean, I totally brought Alden as, as, as Han Solo yeah. really. Um, yeah, me too. You know, I mean, it was only when you kind of stop and think about it, but then, you know, there was enough kind of mannerisms and kind of like affectations that Han Solo kind of has, but I'm not really sure other than being a little bit whiny, what kind of affectations Luke has, <laughs> if you're with me. I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. I think he. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I I kind of feel like Luke does have a lot of character, especially when you know Return of the Jedi when he's slowly become, becoming this kind of mystical. Yeah, I think I know. think just having so, a character to me just said that this is this is this is your Christmas treat. You know, we're giving you this now, but yeah. don't expect this dude every week. You know, yeah. I don't think you'll see him regularly. I think if they were planning on Luke being seen. For example, in the Ahsoka show regularly, I think they would have found a young actor or they would have... I mean, I said it the other day, because Sebastian Stan, everybody says it, there's definitely a likeness. And at this point in mm. time after Jedi, there's probably only three or four years age gap between the actor and the character, so you could do it. But but he's busy yeah. doing Falcon and Winter uh-huh. Soldier. He's pretty pretty busy already. So there's practicalities yeah. as well, isn't there? So, I don't know. God, I'd love to see Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I really would. I think he could yeah. pull it off. Oh yeah, I think, totally. I think if, mm. if Mark was on set yeah. to help him, and and I don't think Mark would have a huge problem with that. You know, I no, don't that. think he's. I think he likes movies. You know, he likes TV shows and he likes fantasy and. Yeah, he's a comic book man, isn't he? So yeah, he's he similar. Yeah. He knows that you know different people have played Flash Gordon and. Yeah. You know, I, th- I, th- I think if if especially if a lot of consideration is being given to Mark's performance and trying to get it as close as they can, I think which I think people would require. But it, it's a little like having Peter Mayhew turn up for uh, the Clone Wars, you know, where you think we we all respected that as being Chewbacca, even though he wasn't mo-capped or anything. Particularly, yeah. I don't think it just has um, that legitimacy, doesn't it? But you, yeah, you it. feel it, and I, th- I think I think we'd all feel the same way about Luke. I think if he was recast, I think we might not realise it. But if Mark suddenly showed up and said, "I'm all for this. This is a cool idea," and I've you know we've worked something out and it looks good, I think I think you know. 
I don't know. I could go with it, but I'll, I'll, at the same time, did you did you see the, the yes. deep fake do over yeah. that somebody did? Yeah. Yeah. People always say, how come people can can deep fake it and it looks better than ILM? And you have to remind people, like, yeah, you can deep fake the thing that ILM yes. have made. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If you if you if you don't if you don't have that in the first place, you know, you get a very different result. You know. So, but and I but at the same time, I look at it and kind of go, yeah, it does look nice. Yeah. It does look a lot more like Mark. It just takes it that extra yeah. inch. Yeah, but it's, it's it's been it's been interesting because I looked at the the uh, I think the same guy did a, a talking deep fake too, and you look at that and you kind of go, it just takes it that that extra inch that makes a difference, you know. It it, it and it's but strange how subtle it is. It's just a mm. highlight here, a highlight there, you know, a little bit of you know lost focus in certain areas and stuff. It just just takes it that little extra yard of. Looking real, doesn't it? It's very clever. You know, I always feel like I wish ILM had done that before they kind of threw out in the world. You know, I feel like it was nearly because there. Because that's what you know. we were saying earlier. Mm. Now, but, things on Disney Plus. Mm. You know, they they could reconvene yeah. the season and go. You know, we've actually come up with this extra extra yeah. pass almost yeah, yeah. that that will make it oh, look yeah. this much better. And, and whoever uh, at Lucasfilm yeah. and Disney goes, just do it. Just change the stream. Uh-huh. or just do it. And then you next time you uh-huh. watch Chapter Sixteen, and it's that little bit better. And I think that that's the mm. That one the tech advances, but because we're consuming our entertainment in a completely different way now in 2020, 2021 going forward, that's a yeah. potential option that mm. you could literally it could be a click. Oh, do you want to watch the original mm. version or do you want to watch the the bang up to date refreshed version or whatever? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's tricky though, isn't it? Because I mean, I don't mm. know how practical that is, you know, in terms of giving people too many options. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm excited about. All, I mean, it's a lovely big world to play in, and when I think about things like dirge and stuff showing up, that gets me excited. You know, I think about how, how would that look? You know, be some dude, like some seven foot tall dude in a massive suit of armor that can, you know, mutate his body and stuff. That's kind of a wild idea for a, for, a, for a bounty hunter, you know. And and you look at a lot of stuff you see in animation, you think that was kind of cool, and then you see it in live action, go like, wow, that's really cool, mm. you know. So so that leap, I think, you know, across platforms sometimes can get surprising, can have a surprising effect, you know. You think a character's all right, and you see it in live action, and it's like way cooler than you yeah. thought it was going to be, you know. Yeah. Well, Marvel looks so, pretty convincing. I don't know. You know, they've took comic characters and made yeah. them completely convincing. Yeah. I'm glad they're not embarrassed as well. Like a lot of the Marvel that we have now, I kind of feel like it owns the fact that it's yeah. a comic stuff. Whereas I felt like a lot of the X-Men movies are kind of embarrassed about where they come from, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. In black suits, you know, not owning it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anybody else you'd like to see come back? I mean, I know the, it's a short list, but you know, if, if they're going to bring back OT characters, oh, as yeah. young, their younger selves, is there anybody you'd well, like to, to see? I'd love to see Leia. I mean, I know you? people will say it's too soon. It's mm. sacrilegious and, and everything else, but, to me personally, I'd, I think in the same way that you saw those images of Harrison talking to Alden about, in ha- you know, taking on the role of Hamill, yeah. and, and mm. clearly I think the same yeah. with Hamill. If they came to Mark and said, "We want to do a CG yeah. Luke because it's it's a it's a essentially an Easter egg, it's a gift for the fans, and it's a one-off mm. thing," and will you do it? And he's, of course, I'll do it. That's one thing. But I think if they'd have come to him like you just said, and yeah. said well, Sebastian, Stan, everybody knows Sebastian. We'd like him to inhabit the role. Will you help him do it? Mm. Again, like you just said, I mm. think he would have gone for that. Carrie's not around, but I don't, yeah. I don't foresee her being precious. Isn't the right word, but you know what I'm saying. No, she she's had her role yeah. as Leia. She's done those extra films. If she'd have still been here now, she'd have done all mm. three movies. Rise of Skywalker would have been a different film if Carrie had been around. You know, so we yeah. thought of, thought of yeah, the absolutely. And I think she probably would have done. Okay, well, you know, I can't play I can't play it's, eighteen anymore, can I? So 
pass it over. Mm. It's difficult, isn't it, to say because it's like it's not our. It shouldn't be our decision and stuff like that. But it's just interesting to think of as a, yeah. as a fan. Mm. You know, explore it. And I mean, I when when there was some talk about having to re-record dialogue potentially with Carrie and stuff, I thought uh, what surprised me was nobody occurred to it didn't occur to anybody to call her sister. There's one of her. Yeah. She's got a couple of sisters, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. One of has. one of her sisters sounds exactly yeah. like her. Oh really? So it's like oh, you know, but obviously not young Leia, and she's not an actress. But if it's just a couple of lines, you know, I, I, I could have seen them them uh, going there walking, probably right? more. Yeah, it's probably more sensitive that they've, they've done it the way that they did it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how she'd feel about it. I'm sure. I'm sure he's a daughter probably knows how she, how she would feel about it. So well, we were expecting, you know, Solo uh, and Rogue One, the Star Wars stories. We thought mm, they'd be the venue to expand yeah. on these these things. And, mm, and of course, Disney Plus has exploded yeah. the way it has, and COVID's happened as it has, and the yeah. whole focus has shifted mm. to television now. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's funny. I mean, I, I thought, it, you know, I, you know, obviously working in the film industry, I was thinking my work is just going to dry up because I can't, I can't get to the studio, can't, can't work on a normal set, you know, like what's, what's going to happen, you know? And then all of a sudden, it, I think as a result of Star Wars, you know, starting getting calls from Netflix and stuff are really interesting, exploring the whole kind of virtual environment situation. So I'm doing, I'm designing a bunch of virtual sets for a few oh, projects. And uh, never could have called that at the start of COVID, you know. Just I think like everybody else, I was very worried about what was going to happen work-wise. And then, uh, and then it turns out I think a lot of people are really embracing this idea that you can work with freelancers and uh, potentially, you know, work in virtual environments and stuff. It's quite quite amazing. I mean, one of the projects I'm working on, there are actors in three separate countries working on the same wow. set. You oh, know, wicked. Which That's is, cool. Which is crazy, you know. Mm. And they're just they're just. I mean, it's quantifiable. You say the light needs to be there, you know, camera needs to be this height and using this lens and, and nobody's going to know. I mean, it's just going to look like it's just going to look like all the actors are in the same location at the same time. And the set doesn't even exist as a real thing. That's crazy. But you think about what, all the struggle they had in the 70s for getting anything yeah. to happen. And, and now we've got great dragons burrowing their way through mountains and, you know, and, and uh, Slave One flying around like it's... I mean, let's call it like it is. I mean, you look at the effects of Slave One and the the way superior to the stuff we saw in the movies, which was which was amazing for its time, you know. But now I look at the interior of the Slave One and I'm going, wow, look at that! It's moving like in a centrifuge, and isn't that incredible, you know? So yeah, I'm really excited about like what moments we wouldn't have seen until this time, you know, when technology is. I mean, because although although we talk about Star Wars shows being expensive. I mean, even even so, like a, you know, a ten million TV budget is not a movie budget, you know. And and even though you're often only getting twenty five minutes or so, it's still like times it by four. You're still not not up in the big budget blockbuster kind of department. But to me, it just I just forget that I'm not watching something that's just the same. Have you encountered anybody sort of complaining about the quality of the effects or anything like that? Because, you know, people don't necessarily understand, do they, that this is a TV thing. No. I mean, you do get people with expectations expect it to be the same as a movie because mm. we kind of know what we expect from Star Wars. I mean. Hello, this is Sam Wentworth, and you are listening to Fanta Tracks. I tell you what, I mean, I've come up with a drinking game, which is basically right. you watch for Mandalorian, <laughs> and you've got to figure out where the volume starts and where the actual live set finishes. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because there's, there's sometimes you just go, I have no yeah. idea. I and mean, a couple uh, of times you can go, yeah, it's probably going to be there because where where the shots are kind of composed and stuff. But yeah, yeah it's it's just crazy. Um, mm. 
it's just absolutely bonkers. And, and to think, you know, we we probably wouldn't have got all this kind of stuff if maybe yeah. Lucas hadn't have sold it to Disney, you know, and they just pumped no. all their money in. Yeah, I'm glad of it. I mean, I, what's really weird for me is I was working on one of these projects for Netflix and, and, and uh, just the other day, and I was I was trying to put a set together, and, you know, there are, there are all kinds of issues to do with, uh, well, I can't talk about it, but, the, but the, the, the long and short is that because I was in that place trying to construct something that people are going to be shot on in front of and all that, you know, I was working on this thing just kind of thinking – and my head was in that space. And then I was watching the episode with um, Bill Burr, you know, the one with the, yeah. the truck. The Believer, yeah. The Believer, yeah. I was watching that. So it's one of those things a little bit like, you remember when Tron came out? I'm sorry for jumping around a bit. You remember when Tron came out? I remember I remember going to see Tron and then coming out of the cinema and all of a sudden it was like everything was, was on some kind of a vertex. Like all the, all the, <laughs> lamp, all the lampposts were in a line and... Yeah, you know, it was almost like a CG reality because my head had gone to that place, and it was a bit like for me where I was trying to construct a 3D set, you know, that they're going to import into this environment, and then I was looking at the Bill Burr episode, just kind of going, just look at these things that they've made. I mean, that truck, like the truck alone, is like this hugely complex vehicle, even though it's modular. You know, I was looking at it, kind of going, they've even if you look at the back of the truck, right? This is the difference between ILM and a lot of their peers. Looking at a truck and oh my god, there's more dirt up one side, and I was and then I realised it's a two-lane like road, so it's going to get more mud on one side. That's just what's going to happen, and they've thought about that, you know. And the average viewer just isn't going to notice, but like there you go, the left side headlamp's got more mud on it, or yeah, do you know what I mean? Things like that, and and looking at the connecting linkages and on the back of all the chairs, there's all this equipment that you get in inside tanks and stuff like that. You know, and all those objects inside the the cab need to be designed too, and stuff. Just the, the design level on this show is just off the chart, especially when you compare it to stuff that we were getting in the UK in the seventies. You know, <coughs> you know like Blake Seven, where you're lucky if um, they're not wearing Kawasaki overalls yeah. or <laughs> right or uh, you know something that you recognise. But uh, yeah, incredible show. Yeah, no, we're very fortunate. Mm. I think right now, for for Star Wars fans, given that. The, the, the depth of content that's coming and the quality clearly stagecraft has made a phenomenal difference and the fact that mm. disney are are i mean they own it but they're buying into it in the sense that these projects are being pitched and they're taking them on obviously disney plus needs content but but so much stuff to be at this point greenlit whether they all come to fruition is another thing but if they do good grief i mean we've yeah. got half a decade of content right there it's crazy and i think i think we're looking at the next couple yeah. of years aren't we i, I don't think I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long this stuff's going to take to land, but I don't think they'd be talking three years ahead. I suppose they might be. It's all good. It's all. Or, good. Hmm. It's going to keep us I busy. Think, I think two, two and a yeah. half maybe. I think. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think is their 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 least priority? Those priority. Out of those projects. Oh. Yeah. What do you reckon? That's a weird That's question, good. isn't it? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like I'm wondering what they're worried about the least. I'm you know? worried about the least. I, I, that's, that, that's yeah, you know, kind of what they're, what they're in a rush to launch, you know. It's like, well, we can leave that until toward the end, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I also wondered... Uh, that's sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. leaping around a bit. I was also wondering, like, do we know for a fact that all of these shows that uh, Dave and, and uh, John are working on, do we know for a fact that they're all live action? What if, what if the uh, Rangers of the Republic turns out to be animated? 
That's, that's a, good a thought. Point. Yeah, yeah could be that'd weird. Be interesting. Mm. I mean, has it? Has anybody no. said? I mean, no. It'd be interesting to see them. I mean, Marvel. Mm sort of did it a little bit with, with animation overlapping with live action and different shows, diff, different yeah. um, sort of franchises, excuse me, different franchises have done it. Uh-huh. I think Star Wars could do it. They could certainly do it because we've had, you know, animated characters come into live action and, and now we've had Fennec go the other yeah. way. So they're, they're making a very strong point of, of crossing those those streams. So, yeah, I don't see any reason why mm. they, they couldn't, just to keep it fresh and keep it different and, you know, because... Mm. I still think that the, the real goal part is is that immediately after it's in the July, you know, what's next for the rebellion thing? That's to me is the, that's there's yeah. gold there, you know. But it's like how they how they accomplish that is another thing because obviously it's you've got all these characters that have now aged, so that, so it's like do you replace them? Do you synthesize them somehow? Do you make it animated? So for me, I think you know if they want a really successful animated show, I think the sweet spot for me is like literally the ewok celebration ends and a new animated show starts i think i think because that's such ripe territory for me i think i think a lot of old school fans certainly would, would feel that way but mm. and i know i know you guys like you can enjoy a marvel comic like the 70s marvel comic as much as i can occasionally even though they're kind of daft now when you look at them <laughs> but I mean, something that still works about those is that sense of family that you yes. got from that i think i think like the, that that idea that there's a whole bunch of them together and that there's they're surviving together there's a certain kind of closeness to that that it wasn't always even in the movies you know and the, the but there's something appealing about that and i know disney likes that family kind of aspect you know they like that in their shows to the point where sometimes it can be a little sentimental you know so i could see the appeal of doing a show that was about Luke, Hay- Leia, and Han—you know—as a, as a proper family, you know—and kind of taking that out of, you know, straight off the back of Jedi. I'd love to see that as an animated yeah. show. I think it'd be great. I mean, that's one thing that we, me and Mark, have talked about. Is the, um, is it Star Wars Visions? That ten animated yeah. shorts. Yeah. If that's a way of getting some soft pilots in for some of his stuff, you know, you could, you could yeah. have, you could have something like that easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that that that's intriguing to me too. You know, I think it might. I think like with a lot of anime, you know, what stops me from getting into it is I think it's often style over substance. Yeah. You know, where, where mm-hmm. I kind of go, this looks great. But like I'm not really sure I'm massively in, like engaged with the story necessarily, or you know. But there's no reason it couldn't be, you know. And I, I think it's going to be. I'm expecting that one to feel a little bit like Star Wars Tales, you know, where it leaps about all over the place. Mm, yeah. Because especially if it is 2D animation, then they're not they're not locked into assets and well, how many assets have we got stuff like that. They can just draw whatever they want. So, you know, hopefully they'll they'll cast a net really wide wide and have a lot of time zones and you know that'd be good. It's it's whatever we get yeah. is more than we ever thought we'd get what eight years ago, you know? right? I know, man. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Happy happy days. I I was I always go back to that. Go back and tell yourself as a kid, you know what's going. Yeah. <laughs> what's the yeah. reaction? Like what? There's a Lando show and a Nandor show and a Kenobi show and a Sith show and an Ahsoka show and a Lando it's show. It's an excuse, a... isn't it? You know, if you wrote it down on paper, you'd go, uh-huh. oh yeah, you know, Boba yeah. Fett walked, Boba Fett turns mm. up, then Slave One turns up, then they talk about Thrawn, and then Ahsoka turns up, and then Luke turns up, and, uh, and there's a little baby Yoda, and you yeah. look at it on paper and go, what a load of rubbish. And yet, yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. And then the execution of it is so well yeah. done and so well presented that you yeah. completely buy into it. Brilliant. Definitely. Well, thanks, Paul, for giving us way more time than we are, we expected thanks Mark no, sorry for we rambling loved it. we loved it <laughs> you know, 
exciting really times, isn't it? We love cheering over this stuff. So you're welcome back anytime, mate. And uh, have a good Christmas. You too. So thanks to Paul for coming on. That was awesome. And it was all arranged really last minute. So it's just fantastic he was able to fit us in. If you've got any comments or questions or any kind of feedback from today's episode or any other episodes, you can get in touch with us. And as always, Mr. Newbold is going to tell you how you can do it. I am. So if you want to be a part of the action to stay updated on all the latest Star Wars news, visit fanthetracks.com or check out the free, free, cost nothing, Fanthetracks app through the App Store to follow us on your mobile device. You can reach out to us and send in your listeners' questions by emailing radio at fanthetracks.com. We've got one question left in the bag and then we dry, so we need more questions in. Ask us anything, we will talk about anything. Comment, like and share on any of our social media feeds at Fanthatracks and be sure to subscribe, leave a review, please, a five-star one would be nice, on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcatcher or smart speaker of choice. And as always, thanks to James Semple for composing the Fanthatracks intro, Adam O'Brien for our making tracks, opening music, and Mark Daniel and Vanessa Marshall for our voiceovers. And be sure to watch Good Morning Tatooine, which is our weekly live news show on Fanthatracks Facebook every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock UK time which then hits YouTube Fantatracks YouTube Fantatracks TV and the site very shortly soon after Mark you have a great Christmas uh, send our best wishes to Ruth and the rest of her family and I guess I will see you some point after Christmas when we can all pick the bones over the gallery and whatever else comes our way yes absolutely say hello to Karen say hello to the guys and you have a good time do. too don't eat too much turkey and yes we will reconvene Talk Disney Gallery which will be our last episode of the year weirdly enough we'll be heading yeah. out of 2020 That that's not unwelcome <laughs> yeah sigh of relief uh. <laughs> sigh of relief big sigh of relief see you next time take care coming up next on Fanta Tracks Radio it's Making Tracks <laughs>